This past week, I have gotten a lot of feedback on Dwight Bain's show, um, the podcast we just did on accountability. So if you haven't listened to that, I hope you can, uh, because like I've had phone calls and emails and just conversations about this idea of accountability, which in the past seems sort of like some sort of stale thing that you did. And now people are realizing, no, it's about vulnerability, brokenness, honesty. And yeah, if you don't have anyone in your life that you're open with about your finances, about your secret struggles, about how much you're drinking, about the people that you are spending time with, the things that you're thinking, and you're a Christian and like the Bible says, this is how you live so that you can have a really good life and this is how you know God and this is how you treat people. And you're like, oh, that's nice. And you kind of pat the Bible on the head and then you kind of live however you want over here and then like life falls apart and you don't even know why. Hey, let's back the truck up and become people who honestly live our lives willing to have someone speak into your life, someone trustworthy, someone mature, broken also, right? Who understands their brokenness. Um, That person speaking into your life, I just think that that is mature and that's where we gotta go. And that's where I'm going. And I am um, definitely putting wheels on that bus in my life. And so I'm inviting you to do that too because I care about your spiritual development, your spiritual growth. I care about your relationship with Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. Like, I wanna know Jesus. Like, not the concept but the man. I want to know Christ Jesus. It's not enough to just talk about him. It's not enough to use his name as a cuss word anymore, friend. It's not enough to go, well, isn't Jesus wonderful as a concept and one of many gods and many good prophets? Eh, eh. He's alive. He's real. He wants a relationship with you. Where does all that become developed? I'm learning it's in relationship and in community and in delighting in who he is and his word. I had no intention of saying any of that. It just came out. So (laughs) what I planned on saying is (laughs) that I had another chance to talk to Dwight today. And for funsies, I decided to field some questions off of Facebook, like, hey, if you got a minute with a counselor, what would you ask? And so I got some great questions. And so while we're on the radio today, I just kind of threw those questions to him. Like, here's what Ashley wanted to know and stuff like that. So what you're going to hear on today's show is really just the responses of Dwight to some really great questions because he's been a counselor for more than 30 years. He's an executive life coach and he just has really great answers. And so I thought it'd be fun for you to hear the answers to the questions um, that have to do with toxic people and people who are... uh, entitled and how not to be entitled. And what about all the angry people who are yelling in the streets these days? What about them? How do you respond to people who differ politically or just fundamentally don't agree with you and they're yelling in your general direction? He has some good answers to those questions. So I hope you can listen until the end. And hey, if you have a couple spare minutes, um, I want you to go to a website, if you don't mind, I just want you to look around for just a couple of minutes, cure.org, four letters, C-U-R-E, cure.org. They're just beautiful. The faces of the children, the stories, the doctors, the nurses, the hospitals, the facilities, the parents, the stories are so amazing. 
children all over the world hearing about God and and being healed. Cure.org. I hope you can check them out. This is this, this is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. For over 30 years, my friend Dwight Bain has been a counselor, and he's just got a lot of wisdom, and I'm glad he stops by to talk to us on Thursdays, and I said, hey, Dwight, would you be willing to take some questions from Facebook? Um, and he said, yeah, that sounds great. So this question comes from my friend Ashley. Dwight, she wants to know, is it better to start building new habits all at once or should you master one before adding another? Oh, what a good question, Ashley, because so many people set themselves up for incredible disappointment and failure. You do them one at a time. Because if you try to change everything at one time, you'll just be disappointed. It's like trying to clean your house. If you try to clean everything in the room, you'll get distracted. But if you say, you know what, I'm just going to clean up and get the clothes out of the way. If you tackle things one at a time, you're able to master it very quickly, maybe in a period of weeks to months. And if you tackle everything at one time, you're going to find out that they, those things will all tackle you and yeah. you'll end up feeling discouraged and then you'll give up and you'll want to eat Cheetos and you'll say, well, <laughs> you know, God doesn't love me and that's not true. It's just not true. God does love you, <laughs> but I'm not sure he wants you to eat Cheetos. So Ashley, tackle one at a time before you add another when it comes to new habits. Master one and then move on. Otherwise, you become overwhelmed and you eat Cheetos. And you eat Cheetos when you probably should eat something maybe that's a healthier food choice. Okay, here's a question from Sarah. She says, why are people so entitled today? And what's with the I owe you something mentality? And Sarah says, it's not just millennials. She says, it's everybody. So to think that I'm more important, I deserve, I should get, that's as old as the human condition. And the cure for it, you'll find right in the pages of scripture. We have to die to ourselves, Because when I'm able to say, you know, I'm not the most important person on the planet. And it's not important for me to be first in line because you were here first. When I can learn to die to myself, entitlement, you owe me will also die down. But the opposite is true. As long as I'm completely self-focused, not only am I going to think you owe me more, I'm going to get really mad at you if you don't give me what I want. Right. So the entitlement flows back into which side are you going to serve? If you serve yourself, you're going to be mad at a lot of people if they don't give you what you want right at that moment when you want it, like a spoiled child. But if you can learn to die to yourself and say, God, I trust you. God, you'll take care of me. When I learn to be a servant and I die to my desires and I serve other people, I'm taking on the life of the one who would rather die than live without you. Jesus modeled the greatest leadership lesson by serving others. And you can kill entitlement by saying, I'm going to serve others instead of waiting for them to serve me. I've got a follow-up question to that one, Dwight Bain, based on Sarah's question, because you answered how not to be an entitled person, but what if you're surrounded by people who have this mentality that they just deserve everything? They're entitled. What do you do if those are the people who are around you? Well, if you don't speak up, I can tell you this. You'll be a doormat, and entitled people will use you until you say, excuse me, pardon me, pardon. And so if I'm in relationship with them, 
uh, either by marriage or I'm in relationship with them because I'm related to them as a family member, then I'm able to say, why would you ask me that question? Are you entitled? Entitled people get very angry if you use the word entitled. It's one of the ways to know. Are they entitled? You use the word, they'll get upset. (laughs) And so you have a conversation. (laughs) And sometimes you even have to bring in some other people, right? And to be able to say, let's talk through this because what do you base that you are entitled to, that you are deserving of money, time, first place at the table, what do you base that on? Because an overinflated sense of self hurts relationships, and it doesn't help that person to let them get away with it. Now, there is a place you don't talk about it. If it's your boss and the boss feels entitled, that's where with wisdom, and sometimes you you know, like read John Maxwell's book, The 360-Degree Leader, and you look at how can I influence this person who may be toxic in my workplace because I really don't have the freedom to just have a straight-up conversation. So you look at the level of the relationship, And hopefully you bring up the topic so that you can make the relationship better. Because if not, and you stay feeling like a doormat, eventually it guarantees the relationship will fail. One more question for Dwight Bain. This one's from Angie, and I'm going to combine two of her questions um, because she asked about handling toxic people. And also she asked about what to do when people are angry and it's political, and they're, you know, Dwight, people in the streets these days, a lot of angry people, lots of angry people on Facebook, lots of angry people in our lives. So, you know, if somebody's busy yelling and shouting at somebody that they don't even know, I I hope they'll take a breath. Because to get engaged into a conversation with somebody who's yelling and shouting isn't going to work. They're yelling and shouting. They're not listening. But to be able to say, if you'd like to have a conversation, we can have that conversation. But if they're just going to vent and rant, then there's a place to say, I don't see why I need to be here to listen to you vent and rant. Uh, Toxic people are just that. They're toxic. And you can't have a conversation with somebody who's yelling or somebody who's drunk or somebody who's high or somebody who's not thinking clearly and they're so out of control. If they're enraged, you can't have a conversation. You can say, you need to calm down. Let's talk about how I can help you calm down. But you can't have a conversation. So I'm going to look at what's happening because I want to keep things safe. Sometimes if people are really loud about their, voicing their opinions, I'm going to talk really softly and say, why are you shouting? And they'll go, well, I'm not shouting. And then they, because I'm softer, instead of trying to outshout them, they realize, oh, I guess I am kind of loud. See, I need to get to what are we really talking about? Because me having an opinion about a politician and you having an opinion about a politician That's not going to make our relationship better. Most people have never met certain politicians or celebrities or sports teams or whatnot. You know, this is the best team in the history. You know what? Why are you shouting? Here's what I've learned, Lisa. If I'm secure in what I believe, I don't have to shout. If I'm secure in what I believe, I don't get deeply offended about it. I'm able to say, okay, what's your point? When we look at the life of the master teacher... Jesus just didn't get angry. He drove the greedy preachers out of the church, out of the temple, because they were manipulating people for money. But outside of that one episode, you see that he wasn't really yelling, shouting. He could have, but that's not how you change a situation. So you change you, get secure in what you believe, and then just say, if you want to have a conversation, let's do that. And if you just want to yell and shout, then I'm not... I'm not the guy or the girl because this isn't going to go anywhere. Does that make sense? 
Oh, yeah, it's good. Made me think about Jesus and how he was when everybody was the most freaked out. He was just calm. Well, and that's and that actually will freak people out the most because they're yelling and shouting to prove a point. And if you're able to say, I'm secure in my belief on that topic, I don't have to shout back at you. If somebody's secure in what they believe about uh, a, a, you know, a life or death issue like abortion, I don't have to yell and shout because I know what I believe about life. If I'm secure in what I believe about LGBTQ or secure in what I believe about how women should be paid the same as a man for the same job, see, I don't have to yell and shout because I already know. And what I found is the louder some people shout, the more they're either trying to tick you off so they can take advantage of you in some way, or they're shouting loudly because they're not sure what they believe either. And so when you see people protesting and yelling, the louder and the more irrational they seem, it's because they're not secure in something. And so that's where, you know, I love the question to disarm conflict. Help me understand what you believe. Because for many people, it's just something that they heard on Facebook or heard on the news. And it's not improving the relationship. If it's not improving the relationship, that's where you stop things and say, what are we really accomplishing? By asking some basic questions, you can protect the relationship or you can find out if it's just a toxic person who wants to vent. And in which case, you didn't have much of a relationship to protect after all.